Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness expert, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am thrilled to introduce today's lovely guest, Gina Sadalak, who will be talking with us about her Etsy shop, A Magical Minute. She also has an Instagram account, also known as A Magical Minute, that's focused on the importance of sensory play. Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Hi, Dr. Manley. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy. I'm so excited to hear more about a magical minute. Thank so let's you. focus on first a little bit about what makes you you. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, my, so my name is Gina. I have um, two daughters and they're four and a half. And then my littlest one is about almost 16 months old. Hmm. So two, one is four and a half and one is 16 months old. Yep, they're just about three years apart. Okay, so two daughters, and they do they have anything to do with how you started Magical Minute? Or yeah, why? actually, they're, okay. they're pretty much the whole reason behind it. Um, our Etsy shop is actually my mom and I together. We do the we make sensory kits in our Etsy shop, and then the Instagram account is kind of based on sensory play setups that I do for both of my daughters, but mainly my four and a half year old Isabel. And we incorporate a lot of books into the sensory play in there. Wonderful. And so you partnered with your mom. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. Yeah. So my mom is my best friend. She lives mm. like five minutes from me. And when I had my second daughter, I had set up all of these activities to prepare for when she was a newborn for my older daughter to deal, to have those activities with her so that I could, you know, be feeding baby, you know, trying to take a nap, whatever. And so my mom said that, uh, you know, those activities were so fun that I set up for my older daughter. So she was like, we should, you know, make these and sell them. And then here we are a little bit more than a year later. And we've sold like, I think we're at over 600 kits now that we've made. So it's been quite a whirlwind. Oh my goodness. Over 600 kits. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Describe one of your kits for me, please. Yeah, so our most popular kit is the construction kit, which was kind of surprising to me because when I set most of the kits up, they were kind of girly themed, so like fairies or unicorns or whatever, but my daughter ended up loving the construction kit. So basically all the kits have Play-Doh in them that my mom makes by hand, and then we include all different kinds of little bits and bobs in there for the kids to play with. So construction cars, little signs that have like, you know, railroad crossing on them and then uh some rocks and like lego blocks and whatever and my daughter loves the construction one and that seemed to be our most popular one on etsy as well this year we've sold like a couple hundred of them i think <laughs> and what age range are they for so no, we don't generally say that they can be for kids under three because there are choking hazards. I do take away the small pieces and let my other daughter, Olivia, who's 16 months, she plays with the Play-Doh and the trucks and stuff, but generally like probably three to maybe 10. I don't I'm not sure the oldest age of a child that we've ever had by them. <laughs> well, I was thinking about them for 
my husband. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually perfect because I, I, I think they're very fun to manipulate and, you know, make little creations whenever they're entertaining for all ages. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm getting that. I, I can't wait to visit your site. So Thank you. tell me about the Play-Doh. I'm interested. Yeah, my mom makes the Play-Doh and it's taken us at least a year to perfect the recipe. We had so many fails where the Play-Doh would be too hard or too sticky or there'd be salt crystals or, you know, so many different various problems. But my mom just kept at it and she finally found like this perfect recipe of, I don't even honestly know how she does it because I don't do it. I've tried to make it a few times and it never ends up well. So (laughs) she makes all the Play-Doh and we just kind of add glitter to it and it's really fun. It's just a great manipulative tool working on fine motor skills and even gross motor skills as well. Absolutely. Which, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about this for kids and how many adults can definitely stand to work on both their fine motor skills and gross motor skills, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I've been um, talking to some physical therapists, not like we would be introducing our kids there, but they were just telling me how useful it would be in like a physical therapy kind of setting for improving like people who've had strokes or something like that. Absolutely. And for so many people who spend a great deal of time at the, you know, the computer and the keyboard and really <laughs> limit them, limit themselves because they're doing one or two activities every day. Um, yeah. What a fun, a, what a fun toy it would be to join with your child or grandchild in using your, in using your kids. Yeah, my mom definitely has a lot of fun doing it with my daughter, for sure. They love playing together with the kids. (laughs) Okay, so we have the construction kit. And tell me about one of the girly girl kits. So probably I love the unicorn kit. That's one of my favorites. It's not my mom's favorite, though, which is funny. (laughs) But um, it's very magical. And, you know, there's lots of glitter in it and pink things. And if you check out my Instagram feed, that's kind of what I'm all about is all the pink stuff. And there's just glitter all over our house all the time. (laughs) Ah, Good, good. Okay, so a question for you may or may not know what is glitter made of? You know what? I don't know. We I don't our, either. <laughs> Little flakes of metal. Yeah, Plastic? probably something that's really bad for us. But <laughs> <laughs> we uh, started. We introduced a new kind of kit this year to the shop, and it's like making potions. And so, in order to be able to put it down the drain, we had to find a suitable solution that wasn't just glitter because you know you can't really put glitter down your drain especially if you have like a septic system and it's bad for the environment so we ended up finding mica which is it's really similar to glitter but it's like a powder that they use to color a lot of cosmetics and like body washes and stuff so it's been really interesting to get into that whole world (laughs) oh i like that so now we have i have a few things to Google mica <laughs> and what is glitter made of. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so you said that the unicorn kit isn't your mom's favorite, which is her favorite? I think the construction kit is her the construction favorite. Construction kit. Yeah. She and also loves our pirate kit. That's a fun one. Oh my one. goodness. Okay. <laughs> pirate kit. All right. Now, now I'm getting really intrigued. Okay. So you have a yeah. pirate kit. <laughs> now you're four and a half year old. What is her favorite kit? It's hands down, it's the construction kit. Okay. She loves it. (laughs) Okay. So that's, she hasn't, that's still, that's the end all be all kit. Okay. For her. And just (laughs) your 16 month old, too young to use the kits, even with supervision or? 
She's too young for a lot of the very small pieces, but I'll take those pieces out and she can play with the larger pieces. So the construction trucks she can play with and I'll let her play with the dough since, you know, we make it and I know all the ingredients that are in it. I, you know, she can play with it. She does taste it sometimes, but, you know, it's really salty, so it doesn't taste good at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's safe to have to taste safe a little bit. <laughs> Right. I think I remember eating some Play-Doh as a kid. I, I, right? I, we, we turn out okay. That's <laughs> yeah, all fine. <laughs> so that's your Etsy shop. Now, a little bit more about your Instagram account. Yeah, the Instagram account is kind of, it started as just um, showcasing photos of the sensory kits that we did. And then it kind of turned into so much more. I've been so lucky to connect with amazing women and moms out on the Instagram platform and really make very good connections with them. So it's it's been a really interesting process. And I got into a lot of sensory play setups with both of my daughters, like introducing different textures and, you know, water play and all of that. So that's been really, really fun for me. Ah, uh, so how many followers do you have on Instagram? I think I'm at 2,800 right now. So. 2,800, that's substantial. Good for you. And most you. of them are mums? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, the feed is a lot of pink. So I think not many men would be super <laughs> interested, but you know, you never know. You get some out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been really fun. I do. I love doing like party setups too for my daughters. So we'll sometimes just have like a little mini junk food party and I'll take photos of that and put it on Instagram. So I've connected with a lot of accounts that have like party supplies and it's been really fun. Okay. New concept for me. What is a mini junk food party? What happens at a mini <laughs> junk food party? Basically, it's just an excuse to eat like food that you probably shouldn't eat that's definitely not healthy. So I'll call it like a mini junk food party and we just eat like donuts and but I set out cute plates for it. Oh, good, good. Hey, what would life be without, you know, a few treats here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All in moderation. <laughs> so when you I think you had said maybe we were talking beforehand that you also you know, do some work with sensory books on your Instagram account. Yeah. So a lot of the sensory setups that I do, I like to incorporate a book with it so that the, the setup kind of goes along with the book. Just a good way to get, it's mainly my older daughter, Isabel, that will do it because the little one, she's not really in the books that much yet. But um, when I set up like a sensory setup that goes along with a book, it's kind of so that Isabel can in like reenact the book through the sensory play. Mm, talk to me a little bit, please, about the importance of sensory play and how you weave that sensory play in with the books. So the reading, the books, and the play. Yeah, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert. I haven't gone to school for this, but I just think it's really important to introduce kids to all different kinds of textures and get them used to playing with all different kinds of things, you know, different materials. Like we'll use sand or we've made... Um, black, which is, it's probably my favorite thing. It's a mixture of um, cornstarch and water. And it's like, it's called a non-Newtonian substance. So like if you, if you touch it fast, it's hard, but if you let it just like sit on your hand, it kind of, it behaves like water almost. So it's a fascinating way to, you know, introduce a lot of science concepts to Isabel. And I've also learned so much about, I had no idea what a non-Newtonian substance was before setting up sensory bins. 
Well, now I ha- you've given me a third thing to Google. Now I have to, <laughs> I have to Google non-Newtonian substance. And You're going to need to write Gleck. a list. Gleck. Oobla. It's Ooblek. I think it's spelled O-O-B-L-E-C-K. It's okay. really strange, but it's so much fun. And then, of course, I usually dye it like pink or blue or whatever. And it's a fun one. <laughs> I think I remember that one from when I was you know, a kid and my sister would make it and you would stick your finger into it and it kind of pulls out with your fingers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a very strange feeling like quicksand, but not. Yeah, it's so fun. I love just squeezing it and then letting it run through my fingers. It's, it's very tactile. It's, it's engaging for sure. (laughs) Okay, listeners. Now you have another thing. Ooh, black. Here we go. (laughs) All right. It's very fun, but it's very messy. So we usually do the oobluck play in the bathtub so that I can just rinse them off afterwards. <laughs> okay, so you are quite quite the mom who's adventurous and also really finding ways for your kids to learn and grow and explore through everyday activities. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent way to put it. And it makes me sound really nice. <laughs> Well, you know, you said that you're not educated in this area, and I think so much of of the education that matters most is the education that we get by really paying attention to our kids and to what's going on in life and what's going Mm -hmm. on in their lives and within our own beings. That is the real crucible of life, isn't it? Yes, I so agree with you. That's a very good point. It's been really interesting to see if we'll read a certain book that has, now that Isabel's a little bit older, we'll read books that are longer and have, you know, more of a story and conflict involved with the characters. And it's so cool to just kind of take a step back and watch her play with it. And she'll reenact some of those scenes and then even go through like some things that have happened in preschool, like any kind of conflicts with friend groups Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I can just kind of observe you know, how she'll handle situations without trying to step in too much. Isn't what a beautiful way to, to help her grow in her own sense of self and self-awareness and self-esteem because you're giving, you're you're not hovering like a helicopter parent, but you're hanging out there like what I call like the bird on the wire and you're watching, does she need you? Does she not need you? How is she evolving in this sphere? That's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. It's been quite an interesting journey because, um, you know, with COVID, I didn't send her to preschool when she was three, which that had been my plan since she was born to send her to preschool when she was three years old. But then, you know, she didn't get to start until she was four because of everything with the pandemic. So it's been interesting to see how she socializes with other kids because for so long, she was just me and her and my mom hanging out and there were no other children around. Mm, The pandemic has made it really tough on parents, hasn't it? That socialization factor has been really missing. Really it sure has, but I'm so grateful because when she started preschool, she seems to have adjusted really well. She's made a lot of great friends and she loves being there. So I miss her all the time when she's there, but she likes to be there. <laughs> well, that's a sign of healthy parenting, right? You miss them, but you're glad that they're out, you know, growing yes. their little wings and using their little wings. And and that's that's the dance of parenting, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, it's so hard. I'm not ready for her to start school full time. So (laughs) the thing is, you have a little 16 month old. Exactly. Yeah. I get like another repeat here. She can hang out with me for a longer time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the full empty nest is a long way off. 
Oh gosh. Yeah. Thank you. Although, you know, everybody says like you blink and it's there. So just trying to enjoy the moments while I have them with me. And that's, you know, such a beautiful part about intentional parenting is that natural enjoyment Mm -hmm. that that comes up because you really love your kids and you enjoy being with them and you want to savor every moment rather than, oh, let's just, you know, let's get through the stage. You want that stage to be there. You want every stage Mm -hmm. to be there. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I had a very hard time when Isabel was a newborn. I'm not really a baby person. So that was hard for me, you know, having this little helpless being there. But then it, ha- it she grew up so fast. And then it's like I blinked and she was four years old. And so going through that same stage with my second daughter has been a lot more eye opening to be, you know, even though I may not like waking up all the time in the night with baby and all the baby cries and everything, it goes so quick. So just try to enjoy it while it's there. Absolutely. And really wise words and also really wise that you, you know, learn that part about yourself that, hey, I'm not a baby person. I feel a little more connected when they're little beings of their own and not all the disruptions of the nighttime. And that's so normal for so many people. And many people don't talk about that element because we think we should be, we should love every stage of parenting, even when they're throwing up and crying and and fussing. Um, And we should love them, but maybe not so much love that stage or that, that piece of that day. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like people don't talk about necessarily what stages they do and don't, you know, love as much. Yeah, baby's stuff was just not for me, for sure. So, but I, as soon as they start talking, it's like I'm all in for it. I want to hear them talk all day. <laughs> and I'm thinking about the familias. We have the the nine habits of a healthy family when we're talking in the familias, the publishing realm, Mm -hmm. and they are love together, play together, learn together, work together, talk together, heal together, read together, eat together, laugh together. It sounds like your life and your life with your daughters and and your mom in that that group, that there's so much of all of that going on together. Yes. Yeah, for sure. My husband and I always made a, we make a big point every night. We always eat dinner together with the kids. And then Mm. one, you know, blessing in disguise with the pandemic is my husband has been able to work from home since it started. So almost two years ago, I guess. And so it's been nice. We eat like almost all meals together as a family. And I feel like that's been really good for our kids to, you know, be sitting around the table and talking. We don't do any devices during dinner time and meal time. And I think that's so important. Uh, you have made my heart even happier today. Absolutely. <laughs> Having a dinner time where you're actually sitting down and paying attention to each other and really listening and, and laughing and enjoying that precious, precious mealtime together. All too rare in today's world, I think. And I think so. Yes, I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, for so many families, they don't have the, you know, ability to be able to sit down together. People have different job schedules and everything. So we're very lucky and blessed that we're all able to sit down at the table together and eat dinner, at least dinner every night, if not more meals. So it's been, it's wonderful to have my husband home more. (laughs) And you know, you're right. There have been many blessings of the pandemic and that is surely one of them that many families who didn't have that opportunity before now have one or both parents at home where you know, mealtime is such a precious time because even though it's not officially playtime, right, there can be so much play mm-hmm. and so much getting to know, you know, your children and even your partner 
during mm-hmm. meal time. So, um, and some kids make it into a, a sensory, a, you know, sensory play time too. You know, they're yes. hands in the spaghetti <laughs> and the peas and all of that. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> I think it's a it's really nice too because it's fascinating to watch my younger daughter. Now, you know, we have had this established routine of having dinner together every night. And so my older daughter's all into it. And, you know, we all know kind of the etiquette of dinner. So it's been cool to see my younger daughter watching all of us. And even though she's only 16 months, she'll pay attention to what we say and, you know, listen, be quiet. She's not, you know, screaming during the meal or anything. So it's fascinating how the, you know, the kind of norms of social etiquette are passed on through just sitting and having a meal together. Absolutely. Our little ones watch everything and their mm-hmm. growing brains soak in far more than than many of us realize and so oh, you're yeah. setting healthy habits from an early age that your little ones will carry with them for a lifetime I sure hope so. That is definitely the goal. So we we do our best. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job. And I so appreciate spending time with you today. Are there maybe one or two kernel, more kernels of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I'm trying to think. I think kind of just more about what we've gone over already, just the importance of introducing different like sensory bases to your kids and different tactile things. And then also just the concept of reading to your children. You know, like I mentioned before, my 16-month-old, she'll read like one book a day is about her limit. She's not a huge fan of them, but my older daughter loves reading and we could sit for hours and just read books together. So I feel like uh, maybe if there's other parents in the same boat as me, just keep on pushing and eventually they'll like books, hopefully. Absolutely. In 16 months, the fact that she's interested in one book a day is fantastic and that your four and a half year old can sit for hours and enjoy books with you. You are definitely sending them on a beautiful path in life to really enjoy learning and growing and and, and playing and really reading as a way to explore other worlds. Yes. Yeah. That was always one of my favorite things growing up. And even as an adult, just getting into, you know, different books and the like Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter, all those amazing series where just diving into different worlds. It's just so much fun. Absolutely. And you're, and it's amazing how, you know, when you're talking about books like Harry Potter or any of those other, any book that takes us into another realm, We are so transported, whether pandemic, you know, or not, we can go beyond our own little room, our own little headspace and dive into another reality altogether. It's just Mm -hmm. such an amazing gift. It really is. Yeah. Thank goodness that people love writing because there's so many wonderful series out there for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Gina. I I am so appreciative. Where can our listeners find you other than A Magical Minute and your Etsy shop and your Instagram account, A Magical Minute? Yeah, uh, that's pretty much the only place. I'm not on Facebook, so (laughs) it's just the Magical Minute Instagram and then the Etsy shop. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful talking with you. It has been a joy and I want to spell your name for our listeners. It's Gina, G-I-N-A, and the last name is S-A-D-I-L-E-K. Did I get that right? You did, yes. Thank you. 
Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so there you have it, listeners. Gina and the Magical Minute, her Etsy shop and her Instagram account by the same name. So as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for children and families. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. And thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It has been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do.